Um, ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Why'd you uh, I'm sorry. I thought Why'd you were supposed to do it three times. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's fine. That'll work. I can handle that. So we said a couple times, save it for the pod, save it for the pod. So we just hit record, and we're going to get this bad boy underway. Um, this is the first episode ever of a podcast that I think still has no name. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Um, coming up with a name is not an easy thing. Yeah, you need to make the product first. It, I remember a tweet once saying, if you have a logo, a website, and an app name for your app, but haven't written a single line of code, you're doing it wrong. So this is us writing our code. Right. I mean, a lot of podcasters, they'll come up with the name of the podcast episode based on what they talked about, right? So... Right. I'm just saying in general, like this, 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 this series. Whole yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I think eventually we'll find a theme and then a name for it. I like it. But we do have a theme to focus on. We do have a theme. Why don't you get into that, June? Well, I just... So I also have a cough, so I must apologize if uh, you hear cough drops swishing around my mouth and <laughs> so unprofessional. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sorry, man. Don't be I'm swishing making... it around when you're talking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. What do I hide it? What do I hide it in my mouth? Okay. All right. Focus. All right. Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about. Uh, Basically, when Alec and I used to work uh, together, um, we pretty much within a month of each other left the same job and went to pursue other opportunities. And we thought it'd be pretty interesting to maybe share our experiences with that, um, with what made us decide to do it, with um, the the things we had to think about in order to... Um, determine if we're making a good decision or not. Um, and just, I guess, some of the lessons learned. I Maybe, you know, a lot of people go through, I mean, what do they say? Like, an average person goes through, like, six or seven different jobs in their lifetime. I mean, like, I this is Actually, this is a pretty good that. skill, I, f- I feel like, just in general, mm-hmm. to know. And this is the first time I've ever changed jobs. Likewise. Um, so, it was a pretty good experience, but... Yeah, I guess... When I left the Apple store to work for Apple on campus, they were completely unaware of each other. Um, HR made me do it, right? They said there'd be a conflict of interest between the parts of the company. So I had to go and explain that to them. But it wasn't that interesting because I was just one of hundreds of retail employees, literally. It's kinda, it was funny. I think when I worked at the Apple store, we had 150 people who worked at the Towson store. And the whole Ravens organization was like 97 which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> one one retail store for Apple is bigger employee-wise than the whole Ravens at that time. 150? No kidding. That yeah. that blows my mind. It's a lot of part-timers, right? Right, right. That's what it of course. What does it. And honestly, if you think about it, there's a lot of positions. There's the geniuses. There's the you know um, family room specialists, the specialists, experts. There's a lot of people before you even get to management that... The genres of people that you need to have. Wait, just a segue, quick segue. Yeah. I've always been curious. When you're in the Apple store, aside from all the visible employees there, how many of them are like in the back that you don't see? The back of house isn't that interesting. It there in my time there, if there were ten, fifteen of us on the floor, let's say, I don't even know if that's an accurate number, but there would be like 
tops of four to five people in the back. There was like a business specialist who dealt with businesses if they called. There were a few people, maybe three people that took the phones and then two or three runners. So maybe was that actually more like six or seven. Um, but that was it. Uh, the managers would be back there occasionally, but most of the time they were actually on the floor. Um, and there were usually one or two managers at any time. So yeah, there's not that much of an interesting back of house uh, situation. But I guess in a way, like it is pretty close to numbers, maybe about half is in the back of house. Yeah, I guess I was kind of always curious, like, is there like an like an army of people in the back and like they're all hoping one day they get the glory of being in the front and like <laughs> No, everyone in the back <laughs> ends up in the front at one point or another. Um it's just like a different shift. Like, you know, sometimes I was on the phones instead of working in the um main area. The red zone, as we called it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should get in all these details. It might be proprietary. Uh, <laughs> anyways, the but yeah, I had we had to figure out how to tell them that we were leaving. But that's not even the focus of this. So for me, I am still actively pursuing my masters. And when I was leaving the company, I would owe money, um, and that always made me not think about changing jobs. What made me think about changing it, we'll get to later, but I had to get over the whole I owe money thing. And as I saw, started to think about it, I was going to owe money for quite some time. I had to owe money one year after the end of my final class. And because of the rate of which I was going through my program, that meant I would be at the company another two and a half years or so. And I thought to myself, I had been there at that time for about three and a half years, about three. Do I want to do this all over again? Like, do I want to spend that much time here? Um, and as the answer resolved to no, it was, if not now, when? Why Why not now, then? If I'm going to change, why don't I just do it now? And that kind of spurred my my process. You also said it has something to do with when we were out at dinner that one day. Yeah, you put that <laughs> earworm in my head. I was over here. I was at your house. We were having dinner together. And you said no, something. No, we were in Fells. Fells Point. No, no, no. It was here. What? I'm I'm assured of it. Oh, really? It was here. You said something to the effect that you don't see me with the company forever. Maybe another year. And I was like, really? And I never thought about that. And it wasn't until you put that thing in my head that I really start to think about it. And I think within the month, I was saying to you, you know what? You might be right. And I hadn't. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. I'd, I'd be damned if I said it then start spinning the wheels, getting the gears in motion. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I said it to you partly also because I think it came from somewhere from myself as well to, um, I, you, you know what I mean? Like part of me felt like, hmm, you know, I maybe it was like me not admitting to myself, but part of me definitely felt like, okay, I should be looking around, like what other opportunities are there? And I think that manifested in me telling you that, hey, I don't see you sticking around for long. But in it actuality, be, it was like both of us. I it, think. it wouldn't be a, the first time we've beta tested things in our lives with each other. Um, <laughs> uh, never, I guess, as, as life-changing as changing jobs. Um, <laughs> usually it's a new coffee technique, but not, not for this. <laughs> not for this. Um, so... Yeah, uh, and that was kind of how I started thinking about it. And I had a faithful night in Fells. There was an event in Fells that kind of spurred this further. Uh, so people that I know that work at the company I now work for, 
um, I ran into him on a whim. I was actually about to leave Fells Point. I was going to go home. That's like a, a downtown district of Baltimore where you like are at bars. I was about to go home. I, I hung out um, with some of my friends and I was, I was done for the night. So I was leaving. I ran into him and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not leaving yet. And I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit longer and chit chat with these guys. I haven't seen them in years. And we were talking and they both work at the company. I, I know it now. And they, they, granted they had finished their masters already, but the math they were making was just not even close to what I was doing. It wasn't even close. And I was like, really? <laughs> and I asked my friend who just finished her master's who works there. And, uh, well, that's not entirely true. She didn't just finish, but there was a point in time where she knew a salary that wasn't. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> clearly there's a, uh, inequality here. Um, and I, I didn't think that when I first got the job, I think my salary was competitive at that time, but I don't think it scaled um, quite as fast as yeah, other a, industries did. That's a common problem. Um, in fact, when I got my pretty significant bump going into the new company, um, as I as I got more comfortable with some of my, my team, um, you know, we would chat with each other at the bar afterwards and there you know a bunch of them are telling me that like man like the new guys coming in they're making all this money and you know our annual raises and blah 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 isn't catching up with it and i'm like wow that's exactly why i left my previous company and now (laughs) i hear that's common in a lot of places yeah yeah Um, which is unfortunate but not terribly surprising because there's a certain level of uh, uncomfortableness, you know, changing from what you know, what you're comfortable with. I mean, I felt like I was finally hitting my stride in a way at my old job. You know, I felt somewhat competent. I felt like I was learning new things. I was getting trusted to do new things that uh, were different or not in my wheelhouse necessarily. And I felt comfortable. And when I was thinking about leaving that was a big part of it. I was like, well, I'm not to reestablish myself all over again. Maybe I am a fluke. Like, cause I, I, I don't know. There's always a different level of imposter syndrome. I think I have it pretty hardcore. Uh, and you just don't know. Can I do this again? Can I reestablish myself? Do I want to do that again? My mentor told me something that really stuck though. She said, if you're not, if you're not asking these questions before starting a new job, you're not reaching far enough. Yeah. I think, um, makes me curious um what would you say if you had to list your top three reasons for why you even wanted to leave because like you said the job itself i mean we were on the same team like we like the team we like the guys we were working with the the Mm -hmm. projects were interesting so you mentioned the money aspect of it is that the main one would you prioritize that as the the main reason or were there other reasons? Um, it was the number one reason, but it doesn't mean there weren't other reasons. Uh, the other reason really was the decline I felt of the overall place we were at. Not the whole company, just the actual site. Um, where I felt like things were not on the ascendancy. Um, and I just didn't see what what would change in the next if someone asked me what I'd be doing in the next three years of there, I couldn't have told you. I couldn't have told you what I wanted to get to because it felt like there was blockers of the rest of the team who had been there a very long time 
And because of that, like an object at rest tends to stay at rest, right? Like if they've been there for 10 years plus, it's more surprising for them to leave than us who are like fresher. And if they're more experienced and qualified, why would I get a lead role for XYZ for like, let's say like a project lead, you know, just to lead a project or whatever. Why would it be me? I, I didn't think it would be me. And it's not that I was necessarily striving for that or wanting that, but I didn't want the option not to be there. Does that make sense? Um, I didn't feel like there were opportunities for me to uh, stretch my wings, really. And that was the the thing. And I was just telling them when, when I left, the biggest reason why is when there is mainly two programs that exist, one of which a lot of people didn't want to touch, including myself, <laughs> um, you know, it, there just doesn't leave that many uh, places to go. A lot of other sites that are maybe bigger, there are so many other programs, or there's a new program starting up that you can hop on that um, when they're trying to assemble the new team. And that could be a way to grow. I didn't see that happening. Right. I think I remember looking at some of the charts um, we were getting, I believe at like a whole site meeting and there was one chart. No, oh, it wasn't just the whole site. It was, it was our entire business area, but you know, they cover like, Oh, here, here's what the kind of, projected business is going to look like this and the staff load yeah. right for each of the sites in the business about. area and so they're going through each one and i just remember when they got to the baltimore one the first apparent obvious thing was that it was a downward kind of trend yeah like all the graphs were going down and the guy i forget who was presenting but he just skipped right over it he was, he, he didn't stay very, more very than quick. three seconds on the slide for baltimore and i just remember everybody in the room just looked at each other like uh-oh. This well, is not good. And it's it's funny because you're not going to pull a fast one in a, a room of 100 engineers. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> you really think we, we're not used to graphs? We don't know what they mean? <laughs> I, and that that was actually something that kind of bothered me in a way, too, uh, was that there didn't seem to be a plan. And even if there was, it wasn't well communicated. So all those reasons add up. It was it was It was just, I felt like it was time. And one of the uh, senior people there, when I did announce that I was leaving, said to me, things used to be fun here, and I haven't had fun in a while. You should go have fun. And I said, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, that, that, was, that was part of the idea. And I'm, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. That first week, two weeks at the new job, I still had doubts that I made the right choice. I definitely felt like I was a little over my head. Um, as, and, as as expected i yeah, mean I stayed, it's a new job yeah it's, everything is the new. course and it's much better now um and it's worked out great and it was funny my my new project lead said to me oh you're still smiling it's good to see you still smiling uh <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay you've been here long enough that if uh it was if it was going to get to you it, it should have happened by now so I'm, I'm pretty happy that you're happy and i was like okay great <laughs> i am happy it, it, it's kind of interesting that we go our own separate paths and who knows maybe we'll end up Re- oh, reconverging sometime I in the future wouldn't uh, be surprised although i feel like i'll be reconverging with you because at the end of the day i'm still doing government work and you're not and i think on an infinite time scale i'm not doing government work yeah so i guess maybe i should talk about what my impetus was um, sure and that because that kind of ties into it which is uh when i left my company uh, previous company it was about it was right around my five-year anniversary 
with the company, which by the way, I didn't get anything like there was no recognition, um, at least publicly. It was like two months after I got the actual five month anniversary that my boss came to my desk one day, dropped a medal off and says, Oh, congratulations. And I walked away. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Our old boss was pretty cool, but he was busy as heck. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that was like, the amount of time he had to to acknowledge <laughs> i felt like that would have been better at a stand-up just saying yeah yeah that and that and would have been i think that did happen for someone else or like a team meeting um yeah i think that i honestly i guarantee you he was so busy that he didn't even like give it a second right. thought oh yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, he's the kind of guy like he would make it a big deal if he had the bandwidth to even think about it right right <laughs> i mean so i mean i only bring it up not because i think he's a jerk but like because um in general, I feel like the entire company just didn't do that great of a job um, making their employees feel valued, um, which I understand is like a, it's the whole reason why we have an HR department, you know, like <laughs> it, but um, I feel like HR tends to be more focused on, um, well, the, the logistics side of like, you know, okay, um, hiring and sta- you know, that kind of stuff. But management in in general um i don't know i it didn't matter which team i worked on um i always felt the the value part more from my specific small team that i was working on right um not exactly in a whole group environment like for the large larger team but anyways um i digress so uh i mean i like mentioned um you know um going commercial versus government. And that was something I've thought about for a long time. And, you know, on the one side to say like, Oh yeah, I work on the brains for a Navy ship. Sounds pretty, pretty freaking cool. Um, anybody you talk to would, would be kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but at the same time, um, there were sort of personal reasons for wanting to try different things or, um, uh, just, thinking also like to expand my, my, my experiences outside of the government um, and try something more commercial. And honestly, that was probably an influence from you, Alec, because um, I feel like you were always the one that kind of like had a, had a mindset to maybe like eventually work for, you know, do iOS development for, I don't know, like, <laughs> like Apple or something eventually I mean, or whatever, or but just, uh, you know, my side hustle, uh, contracting business that eventually grows so big that I can, yeah, yeah, time. exactly. Or do your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, and like, the, I guess game that I don't think I'll ever get to, <laughs> but like you have that kind of aspiration and I never had that sort of commercial side of the aspiration until I met you, which made me realize like, Oh yeah, this is whole non defense part of the world that I should probably look into. And, um, I, I know when Alex started looking at jobs and he would tell me about it, part of it was like, yeah, this is so exciting because you started looking at jobs before I did. Um, yeah, I did. And then when you started telling me about them, I was like, wow, this is so exciting. Like I was sort of living like vicariously through you. And then I mean, you're even saying that you're like, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, it's like, you're opening the eyes to maybe doing this one day. Right. Which is, it's just so ironic. In right. In, in but, retrospect. Yeah, exactly. But like some of the things you mentioned, which were like key things, right? Like, well, first of all, I'm in a different stage of life too. Like I have a kid, you know, um, yeah, daycare is not cheap. And, 
Um, there were reasons why I wanted to be compensated more. Um, but I was more like, hey, there's this thing called Glassdoor. Let me look around and see, like, you know, um, what what kind of... I don't know. For, for people who don't know what Glassdoor is, it's basically just a website that um, you... Essentially, you volunteer your information about... Um, your job position, your years of experience, and how much you're getting paid, and in 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 um, uh, for the, for getting that information, Glassdoor will share with you the aggregate information of basically, hey, for your amount of experience and your kind of job, this is how much you should be earning or whatever, right? Based on industry, um, and you know, as I looked at some of these numbers, I was like, oh man, okay, that plus I remember like we had a couple, two or three new hires that um, were making. Yep like just a little bit below what I was making. And I've been there five years. These guys are fresh out of college making just slightly less than me. And I was like, wow, like, you know, yep. that, and we touched on that earlier, but, um, yeah, I mean, when someone got hired, they asked me, is this a good rate? And I said, good rate. That's better than I may have paid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was the first, the first signal that maybe something's up here. Uh, and it's not, honestly, it's not different place to place. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm a big budgeter kind of guy, so I, I you know I I try to manage my family's finances as best as I can, and when you when you're down to the granular level and you see the actual num the the inflow and the outflow of of the the money, um, it becomes very obvious when you realize like oh man, um, I mean it's also sort of. I don't want to sound like, you know, I have plenty of money. Like we have, we make a good amount of money, even, even at the previous job. Like, don't get me wrong. We, we weren't, we, we weren't we were like ourselves. starving. And it, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But, which is always interesting, like psychological. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's just being greedy. And, yep. and I, I always try to remind myself it's not terrible. Like it's not necessarily greed. It's just. Yeah. Not. I mean, there are clearly things that I can sacrifice and be okay with, you know, lower salary and things like that. But I guess, I guess when it comes to like, I don't, if I don't need to, why, why would I? (laughs) It's a question of why not me is, is what it comes down to, right? When you find out how much other people were making and what you were doing, doing similar work, you ask the question, why, why can't I be that person? It's not so much like a lust for it as why not? Um, at least that's how I try to make myself feel sane. Right. That and and I guess I just thought like, look, if well, the other thing too was um since it's already public, like Carolina is pregnant with our second child and at the time um when this was sort of all happening, Carolina and I talked about having a second kid. In fact, Carolina was the one that really wanted a second kid. And I was kind of like, as the manager of the finances, I'm kind of like, well, if we want to keep our uh, standard of living where it's at and and want to have a second kid, something's going to have to change. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so that's sort of the other impetus as well, for sure. Um, something I want to bring up. I think one of the reasons you were a little slower to the party was because you actually had a carrot in front of you. They were going to promote you. You knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, it never yeah. happened because you left <laughs> too soon. But they were going to... You knew that they were, next time promotions came around, you'd be on the list. And you knew that meant an increase in wages and you know that it was going to help. And that's I think, slowed you down a bit too because you knew it was coming, maybe not when you wanted it to, and maybe not as much as you wanted it to be, but you knew something was coming at least. Right. 
That's true. I oh, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. That's a good uh, psychoanalysis analysis of uh, of your friend there. I mean, um, <laughs> you said it back at that time. You just don't remember, I guess. <laughs> did I? Oh, did I? Uh, yeah. yeah. One, of, one of our many walks together. Yeah. Um, which was, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a fun part of our, our transition is we analyzed the timing. We could tell that this was going to be a bang, bang thing. We just didn't know which bang would be first. Right. Just to give you guys an idea, um, Alec and I were pretty much... Uh, working not just on the same team, but on the same product. Um, and we were and a we, team of two at that time. Actually. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like we had um, uh, this other guy we called the wizard who basically wrote the, the main thing that we eventually sort of took over in a sense. And I mean, our boss and his boss's boss, you know, like they were pretty much all gearing prepping us to be the next kind of uh, subject matter experts on this particular product. Well, it was a piece of software that eventually they want to make it into a product. And, um, and I think if we were, we knew that if we both just left, it would have been, um, I don't know. I don't want to sound like, (laughs) like we're, we're the shit or something, but you know, it's just that like, when two guys leave on a team of two, <laughs> it's it's a bit of a well, bit of a hit. <laughs> as they say, to have one is to have none. To have two is to have one. And when you talk about two peas in a pod, as we were frequently called by our manager, <laughs> he really did only still have one in a way. Because I, I think that also was doing it a bit. When you knew my time might be short, I think you probably thought to yourself, "Well, this is going to change my work dynamic." Hmm. You know, I, I at least thought that because once you started spinning up, I was like, I better make something happen too. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't imagine, uh, I can't imagine this change uh, now. <laughs> yeah, if we're if we're gonna leave, we're gonna both leave. <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, so on those walks, though, those were funny because Alec and I would would um, find time during the day, like like during lunch or or like a like a five minute break at between work where we would just go walk outside but try and be as discreet as possible <laughs> we're just trying to fill um, our rings we have, have apple watches yeah that's true <laughs> filling the rings that was important too but um but yeah the the real goal was like all right all right we'll, you let's know, get out what's, of the earshot what's what's the news <laughs> what what just happened who did you hear from any you yeah. know did you get an offer yada 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 and yeah. um yeah but to be out of earshot uh but i'm pretty sure to our managers eyes like alex said i mean we were referred to as like two peas in a pod (laughs) it was pretty clear i think Um, especially after i actually told my manager um, that i was leaving it was pretty much a no-brainer i think at that point that he knew alec was gonna gonna be going soon if i wasn't if i wasn't influenced yet that would be enough to influence me oh yeah and yeah when i when i ended up telling him he he told me that he could see it coming um which I was, I guess, kind of glad because um, it got it got awkward. It got really awkward there because there was a point in time where I knew I was going to leave, but I hadn't said anything yet because I didn't have everything in writing. I was still waiting for the ink to dry. And but they said the tentative offer, and I was like, okay, that's good enough. Like it's going to happen. And while I waited for the ink to dry, you had already announced you were leaving, and the transition plan was well, I can handle it. And <laughs> I'm like, what if he can't? Uh, um, and I, I think he could see me dancing a few times uh, in front of him. And I remember one time we walked away. And I was like, why did you even offer that as an option? 
Why did you say someone else? <laughs> Should have tried to help diverge this uh, together. But it, yeah, luckily the, the ink dried within about a week. We didn't have to get moving that quickly because we both gave a very good amount of, uh, of notice. We didn't do, it wasn't just two weeks. So right. each of us were around for at least four, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did six. I think you did four. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have plenty of time for transition. I think we, and I, I told um, our previous boss this. I said, look, <laughs> I get what we've just done and we're going to need as much time as we can to spin some people up. So yeah, I'll, right. I want, uh, this is what I'm offering. If you want more, I can talk to my other uh, offer and see if I can get pushed back some more. Yeah. Yeah. That whole um, negotiating piece too is a really interesting thing. Now, when I actually brought this up first to my manager, I mean, it's, it's an experience. It's an, it's quite unforgettable because especially as the first one, because I mean, telling your manager that you're, you have another offer that you're, you're going to leave. Um, I can't even imagine like if one day I'm a manager and people and like, I could just imagine the first guy that comes and tells me that I would just be like, no, <laughs> but like yeah. Charles handed it really well. I mean, he was very chill about it. So he was very understanding of like, yeah, I, I, I understand like you want to look around. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially when you're this young. Um, and then he just asked me like, uh, you know, if you don't mind how much, how much is the offer? And I, I, I just remember sitting there thinking maybe for like this awkward five seconds because I was like, oh my gosh, do I, am I supposed to tell him? Like, <laughs> should I be telling my right. manager how much, like part of me wants to, cause I was like, why not? You know? But the other part of me was like, oh, there's this whole like strategic thing about like, should I, should I not? I, yeah. But it came down to like, look, money was a pretty big reason for why I'm leaving. So there's no, there's no point in hiding that, right? Like, I'll just tell him like, yeah, this is how much more. And, and I guess he was like, wow. Okay. Like his reaction was wow. Right. And, um, and then he was like, I'm going to try and see if we can counter offer. And the funny thing is most people I spoke to, I spoke to a few, some friends and, um, sort of unofficial mentors that about how to even approach this conversation. Right. And, um, most of them all pretty much say like, yeah, don't, don't ask for a counter offer. Cause usually like that's, that's sort of, especially if you're kind of already telling them you're leaving, you know? Um, but he offered, he was, he was the one that was like, yeah, let me see what I can do. And he comes back. We have another meeting. Mm-hmm. And not even close. I mean, this is the thing. Is like he, so normal just to give people an idea. And this has something to do with like keeping pace with industry. Um, part of the problem, it, like he was giving me an actual promotion. So not just an actual annual raise, but an actual promotion. Right. And even then, the highest he could go was eleven percent. And he said, "Hey, uh, you know." the highest I've ever heard was 12% and that was me. And I was like, okay, so this is generous, but still not even close. Right. So, and then anyways, I don't know if you want to get into the, like the funny thing is after we both left, um, we were kind of the bang, bang, one, two punch, but actually another guy, another friend of ours also left. Yep. And that was another huge hit. Uh, he's a smart guy, really smart guy. Um, mm. like pretty key person. Um, and when he left, I just, it was so funny when Alec told me like, did you hear 
the raises they're giving now, like to all of these guys getting the promotion. I was like, no, it, was, it is in the 20 somethings percent. Yeah. I was mind blown. I was like, all right, someone finally got it yeah. through their, their, their head that if they want people to stay. <laughs> yeah. There was a, what they called a market adjustment survey that they did. And uh, then they market adjusted. So that, that helped, um, which is good. I was really glad that actually happened. Um, it wasn't just uh, talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and part of me was like, well, you know, like, I didn't feel bad. I wasn't like, oh, man, I wish, like, they did that before I left, but blah, 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 because I would have you know still what? left. I mean, I... I yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah. there, I don't know if there was an offer they could have made, because I thought about that. If they, counter, if they counter-offered and you already had left and maybe, like, money has been freed up and they were able to do something, like, spectacular, what would, it, what would the number be? And you know what? I couldn't come with one. I, I just couldn't. And... Maybe when the number was told to me, it would be enough, but I don't think it would have been. I just think, right? Because it, it um, was time. Because money wasn't the only reason. It was. Um, it was a big reason, and it would be a band aid for a wound. I think that was the biggest thing. It was a band aid. It wasn't the full solution I was looking for. And I was telling you when I was looking for jobs that I wasn't willing just to take more money. That wasn't enough. I said, if I'm going to do this, I'll wait until the right offer comes around that I'm excited about, want to do, and follow through with. Because we actually both interviewed with another company, and they asked me to come in for an in-person, and I couldn't because I was going to on, on travel. So I said, well, if it can't work for this day, because they had to cancel on me, um, I, I'll have to do it when I get back. And I know it's like a couple weeks are going to pass. If I can no longer be considered, I understand. And I kind of told you, like, I don't care if they reschedule. Because the more I thought about it, I was, I was saying to myself, that wasn't what I wanted to do. If I'm going to make this change, I want to make the change. Uh, and that job felt too similar. Mm-hmm. T- felt too familiar. Too much the same idea. And I just wanted to do something else. And I think we both achieved that at the end of the day. We both ended up at gigs, particularly you. You're doing something completely different. Uh, mine is sufficiently different. Um, it's still defense-related, but it's not full-on um, the same idea. It's actually quite different. There's no product. It's a very interesting team. <laughs> um, but I kind of like it. I also just want to mention um, that we are incredibly lucky um, to even... I guess to even have this kind of conversation about our opportunities. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, uh, it, it's funny cause I talked to some of my friends who are, you know, in other things like, like, um, you know, uh, one guy's an astronomer and you know, he, <laughs> they do not have the same kind of opportunities in their career, um, as we do. And yep. that is an incredibly fortunate thing that we have. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I mean, because um, I think the overall tone I want to have with all of this is that we are grateful. Um, oh yeah, yeah absolutely for sure. Um, and the, the biggest thing yeah. I wanted to accomplish with this particular episode of the show uh, was to show that it, it could be you. You know, you don't. Ha- it, if there were things, if there are things in your current work situation that hold you back from considering um, moving on or changing it, like if you're not happy uh, or you think you could be happier. It's worth challenging them. It's worth looking, you know, around and sideways because sometimes the answer doesn't lie right in front of you. Sometimes it's a little bit more nuanced. Sometimes it will take a little bit of sacrifice 
to get there, but it, it might be worth it in the long run. And I think that's the biggest thing is to open up the possibility that you could do something and change something. And if any of this is actual advice, like that's good too. Um, I don't know if we want to get into like resumes because I actually have now hired an intern. Well, I failed to hire an intern. Both of the people I wanted to hire um, because a clearance was involved were not, they were not comfortable trying to get them cleared in the time we needed them to be cleared by. So they got offers elsewhere, which is fine. Uh, same organization, just different teams that didn't need clearance. Uh, so I'm excited for them. And um, I guess I need to go looking again <laughs> to, <laughs> to find this, this magical person. But I, what I noticed within, uh, with all their resumes is so many people try to be what you th- they think you want to see that it makes them just seem so generic and bland. And it's a very difficult balance to be unique and different and not be just bland. And it makes me wonder what the heck was on my resume to make me stand out. Because sometimes I look at it and I'm like, it's not that interesting. I, you know, like, I just don't, I don't know what I did, right? And maybe I didn't. Maybe I just got lucky. Um, but it, it was really difficult looking at these resumes and sussing out who here is going to be a great new addition to the team. Uh, and not just a, another body. Like I'm, when you're trying to like fill it with a great person, like a great candidate, you're trying to do the best thing you can. It's really hard to figure that out. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like when you were looking for interns, um, I would imagine too that you know you're you're looking for a spe- specific set of skills uh, because you have a specific set of needs, and you know you you could say like, oh, we need somebody to do this, right? Right, and it takes these skills to do this so i would imagine like you're you're also looking for certain keywords in a resume that would say like okay this guy's worked on this worked on that all right looks pretty good you know and like i know like what what we our our process is that right like managers communicate to hr in uh, on the particular skills that that they want to see on a resume and hr does that filtering for them um so i was wondering if you had you we're pretty much doing the same thing. I felt like HR's filter wasn't harsh enough. I thought too much stuff got through. I ended up looking at 120 candidates, and I think could have been significantly less amount of candidates. Um, and it was frustrating, too, because I come to find out the way they were doing it, there was two programs of which they were hiring from. So a lot of the kids were from the same school. And I was like, wait a second. Why is it all so much one school? Uh, if you know where I worked, you'd understand why. Um, but <laughs> I was like, "There, what are, where's my alma mater? Where's the, you know all these other schools in the area that are completely valid?" And I eventually found out. Like, eventually, they become standard recs. But at first, they there's a preference towards two programs. And it seemed like there was a floodgate. Basically, like if you had a GPA of X and were in that field, I saw your resume which I thought wasn't quite enough filtering, but that's understandable. So I had to go through a lot of stuff um, to get to the candidates I wanted. It was funny. I actually, they said get five candidates that you wanted to interview uh, or send like an opportunity to talk to them. When I was done, I had six. Like they said like a minimum of five. I had six of people I even wanted to talk to. So it wasn't after all that, like there was still only six people I really wanted to talk to. And, um, it's funny, like, I guess, like, I mean, maybe the other people could would have done well if I talked to them, but I was actually really comfortable with a lot of the people I talked to. I was, I was like, okay, yeah, you're the real deal. You, you, you check out. 
Yeah, and I would say too that as much as I mentioned earlier about how there's a specific like niche or a set of skills that um, an employer would want to is looking for when they're hiring, uh, there's also it's a balance between a specific set of skills and also just um, the overall um, fit. You know what I mean? Like of yeah, I, an employee. Person to person. Person to person. There's the interpersonal skills that they want, but also um, the ability to learn. And, and like you see nowadays, um, you know, so many interviews that instead of like, for example, asking you um, a very specific coding question i mean granted there are still those kind of questions but they'll ask you more questions that are geared towards you know how do you think how would you how do you approach problem solving um how do you approach um attention to details those kinds of things uh and i think i mean a good interview is very hard to do um but uh i would say it's a hard thing to like tell people to give advice on how to focus um, a resume, but but I I what Alex said initially about writing a resume such that you don't sort of just blend in is a great idea. Yours stood out. You had color. You had a picture. <laughs> um, you could tell that your wife is a designer. <laughs> it rubs off. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. Um, it actually made me think about doing that with my own. It turns out it wouldn't have been very useful. I now know what our system looks like and it would have been lost in the shuffle most likely. Um, yeah. Is it automated? There's an opportunity for you to copy and paste your resume into a text field. And to be completely honest with you, because I could not open up the PDF in, um, the web viewer, I would typically just look at the text view if it was available. I wouldn't even look at your formatting. Um, yeah. And, and that's not because I don't appreciate that stuff. I do more than, more than most probably, but I downloaded your resume if you stuck out. I don't need to do that for every single person because um, it was just too much of a pain. Yeah, I noticed that for a lot of the companies, yeah, you you, you paste your resume into a text field. Right. And and I always thought, like, you can also attach your actual resume. Right. But I was like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what they actually see. Um, I could see both, but it was yeah. more of a pain because I had to download the PDF. Right, right. right. And it kept <laughs> – this is a fun one. They kept the names – of whatever your file was locally, unless you changed it, I guess. So I had <laughs> like so-and-so's fixed resume, someone's first resume, another company's name resume. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I've been there. I know exactly. <laughs> I was always a little more careful to clean it up, but I know exactly oh, what you're doing. Like I, I at least would make a duplicate of the file and then rename it. My, to that mine name. would have like <laughs> Rev 59. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was really funny. Uh, one person still had the edits enabled from their like counselor or whatever. And I was like, Oh man, dude, noob status over here. That's hilarious. I, I, I actually had done that once before too, but not on a, uh, yeah, everybody's not on a resume, there. not on a resume, but it was just too funny. And it was funny too, because it was saying things. I was like, well, clearly you fixed it because this problem no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't close the issue in the, the word tracker. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, the other thing I want to talk about, um, aside from resumes is the, the the whole idea of like if you are you know fortunate to have many opportunities when you have um multiple interviews kind of going on um that they overlap each other i mean i mean just interviewing was sort of it was it was a drain on time i like had to fl- you flew right um we don't talk about that i yeah, mean, yeah i did 
And yeah. and I think that's actually what started this earworm in your head of me. Uh, there was a, a, a Google interview involved in my, my kickstarting of this whole idea. I was never really taking it seriously because I didn't want to move. It had been a crazy opportunity. And because it just feels wrong to work for them. I, if I'm going to do that, I want to go to Apple. <laughs> it just... It, Loyalties. It, yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable working there. It just didn't feel... And honestly... I'm super glad they didn't give me an offer because the culture there, I would not have jogged with. It was not for me at all. And I, I can't say Apple is. Uh, I've heard things that make me think that that would also not be the company for me, uh, making me think that West Coast is just not for me. And that's completely fine. Uh, I've come to terms with that. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, we I feel like if you did get an offer, you I don't know if we'd be in the same room right now. <laughs> no. Um, sometimes love kicks in. <laughs> yeah. It just... Well. It wasn't. I wasn't really wanting to move. Well, Google also has a crazy interview process with the whole everybody has to agree kind of thing. I, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, I knew after my second in-person interview, there was no chance this was going anywhere, um, which made the rest of it so unbearable in a way. The last guy I talked to was awesome. He was super chill. His name was Owen, and he was a surfer bro. Like, it was like it just it lined up. It was great. Uh, <laughs> he was so chill. It was a great time. We had a great hang. And I told him afterwards because we were walking together afterwards. I was like, man, I know it didn't go well with the previous people. And he's like, yeah, I, I could see what they said beforehand. And I was like, should I even expect something? He's like, well, you know, you, know, you, never, you never know. I can't say no, but I understand why you're feeling that way. And I was like, yeah, it just it wasn't the right fit. And that was completely fine. Mm-hmm. They were wanting things that I just couldn't offer and wouldn't want to offer. So... <laughs> Um, and that was, that's completely fine. And also, like I said, the culture, just the way I was treated by some of those people that like, when I wasn't smart enough for them, yeah. the way that they acted, mm. I never wanted to feel incompetent there. I felt like I would really get it. You know, <laughs> it's just, that's not the way to learn. That's not the way to build on yourself. If you need to be wicked smart at all times to get respect, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not good. Cause if you're trying to do something new and hard, Aren't you going to struggle? I don't know. I guess it's... It, maybe I just wasn't at the baseline and they felt insulted at their time. Whatever. But the way... There's some basic tack that you can have and it just didn't feel like I was getting in and I didn't want to be involved with people like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, but anyways, uh, just... I feel like... But interviewing the, does take a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Interviewing takes a lot of time. It does. And I know that... Um, Alec and I were talking about this before before recording, but um, there was there was these uh, like awkward moments of you know I was basically really set on a different company. I mean, I was oh, I was yeah, about fun. to pull the trigger uh, and just accept it, and and I had gone through a couple days of just serious thinking, reflection, talking you know to my family, um, my friends, and. I was about to say yes, and then, and then this the company I eventually accepted um, finally returned uh, my return uh, responded to my to my application, and they were like, "Hey, we want to come. We want you to come in for an interview. Uh, can you? You know, when can you do it?" And I was I was like, "Oh, this literally threw a wrench in my entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so set mentally to accept it." And now this other company who who ended up being um, the commercial side of the, the world. Yep. Um, yep. That's a thing, right? It's just quick, quick side note. When you work in defense, it seems like 
all the opportunities that are visible to you initially are all other defense things, right? You have a clearance. They want people. They like. Yep. You know the fact that you have it a helps. clearance. It just it helps. They want you to just work for another defense contract. And I, and trying to like actually look for a commercial job felt like finding a needle in a haystack. And and it's also the area we live in. Yeah. True. And then eventually, so when this other company came up with the um yeah not even an offer but like just like hey we want you to interview with us i was like oh damn it you know like i told this other company i was gonna make up my mind that day right whether i was gonna give them an answer so as much as i wanted to say continue the interview and and which i wasn't even sure i wanted to do i was like even if i wanted to how would i how would i tell this other company like hey uh, you know jk i need some more time I mean, yeah. I don't know how professional that would have been. I don't yeah. know if it would have been a good idea, but I did it anyways yep. because at some point I knew I wanted to actually pursue this other opportunity. I, and like at the time, I think I think the chances of anything turning up from that, uh, <laughs> those interviews would have been really small. And... Uh, but it turns out that like, hey, that's it. It worked out. I mean, yep. It it was an it was an awkward thing. Like, because I had the thought of, okay, do I do I come clean with that other <laughs> company? Do I tell them the reason why I need more time? Yeah, uh, I think that's the part that like that I don't know if there's a clear answer for how to approach these kinds of situations. I was always upfront, and I think that's what I kind of told you you needed to do. Uh, it was just say, look, there's another company that just reached out. It's an interesting opportunity, and I can't give you my full confident yes at this moment. And if that, it's awkward though because you're like, I really wanted this job. I don't want to lose it. You know, I don't want to lose this opportunity because yeah. of taking too much time. But it's funny too because I also remember there was a point in time where the two companies had offers, and it wasn't clear that you should go with the other company that you end up with. I remember saying to you, like, I don't know, I don't know if this is the right fit. Because they actually were, I think they had you on a different team at first. When you're when you're first asking if you should even interview, it didn't sound like the right team. I, did you? I don't know. Part of me remembers you were they were interviewing for for a team that you didn't end up actually being on, and when you got there, it all changed, and or there was another opportunity, and that's where you ended up. Is that right? Am I, um, am I remember? Well, there was another company. It was another defense contractor that uh, that I got another offer. Oh with. no, I don't think it was that. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> we'll cut this. <laughs> yeah, we can cut it. Out. I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was interesting. The, I do remember talking about like you were asking. I like, think should I even bother at this point? Right. Because because I went through a lot with not yeah. just like the 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 reflection part and thinking about whether this is a good move or not for my career wise, um, but also oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ah, I just I just remembered. Um, I had an interview with Oklahoma City. Uh, it was. No, uh, I wasn't it, talking about that. No. Ah. Okay. Well, that was another. It was yeah. the same company. Well, that was. It's funny. I was just thinking about bringing that up. Like you put the other company that you ended up turning down through the ringer. It, it all started out in Oklahoma City. You were talking about maybe moving. I was like, you don't want to go out there. No. The crazy <laughs> thing is, like, the amount of money they were offering. It was absurd for like the cost of living for Oklahoma yeah, City. It would have been nuts. <laughs> I mean, it was higher than what I was getting offered um, initially in yeah. Baltimore, and it's and we're talking about Oklahoma City. Uh, right. you know cost of living is much lower and um anyways i so then uh i actually had to i maybe it's just like who i am but i was like 
I want to like try and see if I can get some more out of the out of the company. You know, like some people probably don't feel comfortable. I was I was sort of I was also uncomfortable, but I just said, "Look, it's the best time to do it." Yeah, uh, you, if you don't do it, then it's much more difficult to yeah. ask later. It's true. It's true. And so it was funny because then the HR lady said, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, you can talk to our director of engineering uh, for you know your particular." Uh, business area and I said oh wow okay (laughs) so I ended up speaking to this director for half an hour in my car (laughs) after work one day yeah and uh, so many car interviews (laughs) I know right so let me go drive for lunch and I come back for an hour (laughs) so it was funny because she was like I totally can see where you're coming from in fact you you kind of remind me a little bit by myself that kind of stuff and and I was I was just sort of laughing and so she did approve uh, a bit of a bump for me Mm -hmm. and which was nice uh but yeah in the end though and that was that was sort of another reason why i felt kind of bad telling them to asking them to wait even longer so that i could keep interviewing with this one other company that eventually responded back right Uh, (laughs) because i was like wow they i feel like i i dragged them through like mud to to get me this offer that it was pretty good Huh? You're not the first and you're not the last. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's why true. I always try to remember that's true. myself. It feels unique to me, but it's it's not. Also, what's funny is that my company that I ended up with eventually did email you after it all was at a none. Remember that? You finally got an email being like, oh, would you like to get interviewed? And that was yes. so funny if that came a little sooner. That was um, way late. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there was a little bit of a mixed emotions when i got that email i was like yeah. dang it i could have worked with alec <laughs> well, well we, probably, you know, we probably would never actually work together but uh another one of my friends and a mutual friend uh is now at the company i work at and it's a strange deja vu working together again even though we're not on the same team we're in the same sector and it's just weird running into each other seeing each other i would not have liked to commute oh, oh my no it had, been, it had been brutal for you it's pretty bad for me it'd been worse for you but yeah still still hashtag blessed as they say and uh <laughs> I, I, I definitely yeah it, it's 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 a it's a privilege to be able to talk about this and and that it went well for both of us um and we just wanted to share it i will overanalyze something else soon uh but yeah this is if it wasn't clear there was a lot of debate in our head of what are we doing is this correct is this what we really want to be doing next and just really questioning everything <laughs> along the way Yep. So I don't know how you end a podcast. I don't know, but and how do you transition to after show? Yeah, dig we a, need dig a, a dig. we need a little. <laughs> we need a we need a. Uh, I was thinking of using one of my tune. band's old songs as like the. Come up with a tune. I was thinking of using my old song from the band. As oh, like oh yeah, song or some some kind of like lick from there. I rewatched that the other day. I watched that performance, and I kind of like couldn't believe how decently proficient i was at playing the bass and i was like i feel like i can't do that now it's only been a year and a half but i feel like my my fingers would not move like that oh if i, if I commanded them it. to i um so i played the saxophone growing up and um well with it's a reed instrument right so it's a it's a um it, you know you know the reed yeah right? okay yeah so um reeds come in different sizes they're not the physical size of the reed, but they're sort of the firmness of the reed. And um, the idea is when you're when you 
are better and better at playing, you go up in the size and the firmness of the the reed. Okay. Um, because you you have stronger muscles for your what they call the embouchure. Yeah, and, yeah, I um, know about that. And so you know you you need a you need a reed that can kind of keep up right with your muscles. And so um, I just know that I just remember I I didn't play my sax for for like maybe six months, and I decided to pick it up one day. And even just after six months of not playing, I remember just, I couldn't touch that. I could not. After 10 minutes of playing, my mouth was dead. I couldn't keep my embouchure at all. Yeah. I mean, it was like, like my mouth felt like jelly after 10, 15 minutes. I was my like, hand oh gets my God. When I play the bass, and I, uh, if I play for a little longer than normal, I guess. If I play, I used to be able to play a whole hour show, uh, you know, performance, and our practices would be, be two hours. And. Although, like, it was a little taxing at times, I could feel it, like, it wasn't terrible. I, I could hold up. I couldn't hold up now, for sure. My, I mean, my calluses are not as developed as they were. Um, yeah, it's, it's brutal, man. Uh, I guess another app, I, we both got HomePods. I, I need to get rolling soon, dude. So I can't, we can't talk about it too much. Oh, yeah. I got my HomePod on Friday. Uh, June picked his up at the store on Friday, uh, in-store pickup. Um, I had a playlist set up. I can link it in the show notes that I tested it with. It's an impressive little speaker. Uh, it for how big it is, it's awesome. My overall impression is I want one the size of an ottoman. Like I want to get the, <laughs> the, the plus version. Yeah, the plus of, version of the HomePod right. because if they could get that kind of sound out of something so tiny, like please do make it larger, please. Right. I I would love the ottoman sized and could be used as an ottoman, like <laughs> ottoman sized. HomePod, yeah, that'd be great. I I will say, um, I'm not as much of an audiophile as Alec is, and when I first when that when I first turned the thing on, it's like initial welcome, you know, rumble that came up. Yeah, uh, it was sort of like kind of like you know like a dinosaur waking up, like flexing its its <laughs> deep bass muscles. I, I, Carolina and I were like, whoa, okay, this is not just any any Bluetooth you know portable speaker here. Yeah. This is this is a, like a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing I want to mention was, uh, so they, the, the neat little perk about the in-store pickup was that I got to really see how the HomePod was, was laid out okay. um, in the store because I was kind of curious, oh, how would you demo this? And I actually asked the lady that was um, responsible for, I guess, waiting with me while my thing was coming out uh, when, when someone was taking it out from the back um, was that we were standing right next to a home pod and I was asking her, Oh, you know, how do you guys actually demo it? Can I just pair my phone? Can I, you know, and she just hit, she just tapped the top of the thing. Like, like it was, it had a demo built in, you know, okay. so it was playing a demo. Um, you didn't have to connect something to it um, to play. Mm-hmm. And I was, surprise at how well because you know like the apple store is pretty large there's a lot of people there a lot of noise right um but i was i was blown away at how like it felt like as soon as the the home pod started playing mm-hmm. it was sort of you know those like dramatic movie moments where like the like t- you know a man will see a woman and then everything else blacks out yeah. except just the man and the woman you know yeah. it was like that and with me and the home pod oh, wow. <laughs> it's cool. like whoa <laughs> Um, did they ha- how many were on the table when you looked at it? So they had two separate tables set up. Okay. One on each table. Interesting. It was just one. Okay. They had one, one of each color near the iPhones. Okay. 
uh, towards the front of the entrance, and then they had one in the back with the other speakers. That was where I was telling you, like, so, I'm surprised they're selling all these other speakers right now because they're yeah. quite the competitors for their own HomePod. What I thought was interesting is I thought potential, potentially there'd be two of them next to each other, and I'm curious if then their demo software they're also running in the yeah. beta full uh stereo mode because apparently like, what's weird about that i mean i imagine it's ba- it's buggy enough that they don't want to release it but if they were able to demo that to people who went to cupertino last week um it must be close enough i don't know i mean i know you can fake demos pretty well but at the same time i feel like they're i think it's closer than we think i think we'll have that ability in the next couple months for sure yeah um so that's good. Part of me doesn't want it because I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> I want a second HomePod, but I also, like, I shouldn't buy a second HomePod. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel the same way. Well, I, one of us is going to have to come to each other and we'll bring ours over and we'll set it up such that they can yeah. play that way. And, and so therefore we'll tempt each other to do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so my overall impression is I'm probably going to keep it, but I'm not like hundred percent crazy about it. It sounds really good. Um, but I have other things that sound really good. I, that's my problem is I've, I've already been in this scene for a while and I have good speakers. Right. Yeah. Caroline and I are t- on the other side of that fence. We're like, we come from like, this is the best thing we've ever heard. And you know what? That's why I keep telling people I'm like, I like it, but I'm not crazy about it. If you've never had something like this in your house before though, you're going to be crazy about it. I think I'm just coming from a place of like, this is my, this is my jam. I like this kind of stuff. Right. But it's, it still impresses me. It absolutely impresses me, and I like it. It's just that this is not my first rodeo. It was nice sound. Another thing is, um, I'm very impressed with how well Siri can hear you. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can talk at a normal volume where someone else could struggle to hear you with how loud HomePod is playing, and it will hear you. Yeah, you don't have very to speak over the music. I will say, because of where mine's set up, when I say words, I can't see the dancing lights mm. to know that it's heard me sometimes you have to just assume it's hearing you. i have to assume because it doesn't immediately duck the audio yeah right so i'm just like just keep talking I, it even, <laughs> you know what i've noticed too if i have my phone out right and i say hey siri it uh hey hey dingus um <laughs> it uh it'll both my phone and the home pod lights up i don't know if you notice that yeah I've, and I've then that. based on i think what my next like two words are it will decide on whether it picks it up from my phone or from the HomePod, I think. So basically, if it's a HomePod, it almost always wins, is the answer. Uh, and that's not a really good situation, because I was I was using my phone actively. It can't call. It can't make phone calls right now, which is Right. Annoying. It's ridiculous. Uh, there's a few things that are really low-hanging fruit that they need to work with. Um, but anyways, the... The thing that's annoying is I was actively using my phone. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and a, a workflow of mine is, like, if I'm... Um, alone i don't feel uncomfortable just yelling at my phone to switch apps particularly if it's one that's not immediately in my like switcher um so i said open robin hood and it, i saw the, the phone respond and think about it and then HomePod said i'm sorry i can't open apps and i'm like i know but like it's weird because renee richie was saying in his review oh, uh, if you say lock the door, it can do it. But if you say to unlock the door, HomePod can't do it. And he said half the time, the phone will hear that, know what the command is and say, you know what, I can take care of that. So I will do it. Because the idea is that your phone is with you and you control that, so that's okay. They don't want HomePod, someone to be at the window and yell at it and, you know, inside right, and unlock right. the door. Yep. So even if your phone's in the area, they don't want someone to be able to come in even when you're in the house. So they, they just say HomePod can't do that. And that's great. That's, that makes perfect sense in my head. But the fact is, 
it can there's certain things that my phone can handle and it doesn't t- always take it and that's frustrating um but yeah the way they, they vote is basically HomePod always wins uh and it shouldn't always win <laughs> and i wish there's there a little bit more smarts about that hopefully that that changes soon i i have a lot of faith that when ios 12 is shown a lot of these things we're worried about are in a new full vert like i wouldn't be surprised if series like really been doubled down on and there's a lot more going on there and it's so much of a change fundamentally that they can't bring it into 11 feasibly like i just can imagine like the, the merging the branches wouldn't work they can't just upgrade siri like and it's, it's not like good for their marketing in a way even though it's coming out in a lesser than per, like great form i think at the end of the day if you look at the speaker product well i'm giving away my hand but basically like this product is a speaker that happens to have a voice interface it's not a voice interface that needs a speaker mm-hmm. like all the other products mm-hmm. um except for like let's say the sonos um so it it's just a different priority um and i think it i think siri is good enough for everything i do right. it's, it's good enough do i wish it could set two timers yes is that going to be fixed in a software update any minute now i sure hope so it seems too easy um the but like you know asking it these trivia questions you know what i really don't do that maybe some people do but i don't do that and i i well i'm it, not saying siri shouldn't be able to do that better i do think it should be able to do that better but it's not killing the overall experience because realistically when i'm tying my shoes i ask what the weather's like so i figure out what jacket to pick up and i ask it to set an alarm maybe right or like for me i finally have a um a thermostat right smart thermostat right installed and just being able to say you know uh you know hey dingus i'm heading out right i'm leaving the house it will automatically set my temperature to the to the new scene and I, and like that's magical. I mean, I yeah. just realized for what for the skills that it does have, it does it very well. Um, I also can say with and, confidence. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but like the um, Echo takes much more time to turn off my lights. Its response rate is much slower than Siri. I've noticed that since I had the phone. If I'd ask the phone like lights off, boom! It's like it's like I hit a switch when I said off. It's very fast. It's like almost thinking like I'm about to say that and the second it has like a semblance that that's what I asked for, it's doing it. And maybe that's because it's on the local network and it's immediately doing it through HomeKit. That's probably exactly why it's fast. Oh, yeah. Alexa actually doesn't control it. She goes up to the server who talks to right, their online right. service to come back down. Yep. It has more more pipes, more, yep. more delay. A lot more delay. And I can it's media. It's very it's very noticeable that um with with Alexa, sorry. With, <laughs> with the Amazon product, there's always a delay. It's never nearly as fast as, as Siri can be. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think I think if the Alexa... Like, if... Uh, I feel like Apple made a pretty good decision to come in a little later than the rest of the companies because um, they can sort of see... Like, if I were to, in Apple's shoes, I think I would have come at, came out with a product that's geared towards exactly what they did, which is towards music, a speaker with a voice interface. Um, because that's how I use it. That's how I, that's the product I want. I don't want, in fact, like I've been holding out on getting a Google home, you know, an echo, all, all these things, because I kept thinking like, well, I want something that actually plays good music too. Right. And all the cool, as much as you like flaunt, you know, the abilities, the skills that, you know, Alexa has, or, that the Google Home can do. Um, I feel like none of these things, though, uh, 
I use so little of those actual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're all. I'm not saying like some people. Really. Some people might might use it a lot, right? They treat it like um, a butler or something, and they <laughs> ask it everything, right? But I just don't. So I'll t- I'll tell you one example of why I don't use those skills. I I have one of those products. I still have it deployed in my bedroom, and if you want to summon a lift. You have to say the exact right word. I mean, it is a bash command line invoice. <laughs> God forbid if you want to say any, give Siri a bunch of crap, but at least it's pretty good at contextualizing what you're trying to say. You don't have to speak to a script with that guy, but boy, oh boy, with Alexa, if you mess up one word in this trigger phrase, it's all over. It won't work. Um, I, I, I shit you not. It's so it's smart enough to know. I hate that Siri does this stuff too. But it was smart enough to know. Like, are you trying to get a lift? If so, say this exact f- turn of phrase. Yeah, it's like what? giving the help menu in the bash command when yeah. you don't type it in it's right. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, if you're smart enough to know that that's what I'm trying to do, just do it. <laughs> uh, and I can always say cancel that. You know, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Because all the, the only thing you can do is summon an Uber or a Lyft. Uh, like, I mean, maybe you can specify like the size of the car. I guess you could. Maybe that's why they're upset. But I'm just like, man, just make a choice for me, and it's probably going to be right. So I just stopped them using that immediately. Also, I have to lie about my address. If I give it the actual address, they always go to the CVS, and they don't actually go to where I am. <laughs> so I always lie them across the street at like one of the townhomes, and then they they go to that because it's the same road, and I just like wave, and they realize it's me. You know, <laughs> so that's my life hack. Uh, but I guess with that, we should probably wrap this up. Yep. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to subscribe. Uh, thank you for our sponsors. Um, Baltimore <laughs> Coffee Shop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we had no coffee. Uh, These are we did have Bal- unofficial. We did have Baltimore Coffee and Tea Works or whatever before this. Like they 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 fueled this podcast. They fueled us. Yes, <laughs> so they didn't give us a, a dime or or a single bean for free. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I feel like companies wouldn't really want us to say sponsored by, you know, because yeah, there's no, there's sort of association attached to that that they may not necessarily want oh, although okay. i don't see why any company wouldn't want to be oh, they, associated I mean, with be this honored. podcast come on <laughs> <They'd> be honored <laughs> all right uh i guess we should cut this thing off yep oh goodness